0: Hey guys, guys, and everyone in between, it's your boy Jonathan Steelflex here. In today's video, we're going to be talking about the Ahsoka series, how it went, what we enjoyed about it. Uh, next, we're going to be talking about Star Wars in the news as of late. After that, we're going to be talking about Star Wars dropping this week. And finally, in Star Wars history. So stay tuned. This, of course, is Jonathan Steelflex. And before we begin, I'm trying the video format, so I'm going to see how that goes. Um, I'm going to try and keep it under 30 minutes today so my, you know, computer doesn't die of downloading everything. But again, let's get going. So first of all, let's go ahead and talk about the Ahsoka series. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was really good, personally. Um, I know a lot of people online, they had their qualms with the show. Um, I didn't really see anything wrong with it. Me, personally, I'm a big Star Wars fan, um, and I know a lot of people get defensive on, oh, what's Star Wars, blah, blah, um, In past episodes, I've talked about it. Um, I love all Star Wars. Um, canon Star Wars, I should say. The Legends material and all that jazz and everything, I'm not into, but of course, that's just me. So, you know, if you like it, cool. And if not, Totally fine, but that's not my style because I like knowing what I'm reading and what I'm watching up next matters and connects. Um, And again, if you're into Legends, that's great. But for me, I'm a fan of the Disney era and I know that's a big controversial statement, but it's fine. This show was really great. I really enjoyed the characters. I thought the character development and the growth was pretty great altogether um, within all the characters. Now there's some question marks as to what happened here, what happened here, but that's more story based rather than, oh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau and blah, 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 they forgot this plot line or whatever. Because as we all know, we have so many more shows and so many more movies coming out within the next years or however long these strikes are gonna last. WGA strike just ended or is about to end, so super cool. But moving on from that, I really think that the, the characters that we are questionable about, like Merrick, for instance, the Inquisitor-looking character that Ahsoka killed, oh, spoilers, Ahsoka killed, and uh, we don't really know what that was about. Now, we do know, obviously, there's some dark sister, great mother magic going on, um, which is cool. But why Merrick? And that's something that I was curious about during the show. I didn't get hung up on it, obviously, because I was around the halfway point. I believe we had eight episodes. I think it was episode four or five that it happened, um, which that was a major episode. You know, Sabine going with Balon. Balon. I think it's it's Balon. I don't know why I keep saying Balon. Balon Shinhati. That was crazy in itself. Um, but anyways, moving on from that. The show in general, I thought it was really great. Um, we get reunited with a lot of characters that we knew from our past. Ahsoka, first off, we saw last in Mandalorian, which was just insane. Uh, live action, a lot of people don't think she looks the mold of an animated TV show, and that's understandable because like, you can throw out the classic Count Dooku Clone Wars, it doesn't look like live action. And that's ridiculous. But people saying that Ahsoka looks too off for it to be realistic, it's like, come on, get over it, whatever. Um, I know everyone has their likes and their dislikes. So if you dislike it, I apologize and I'll move on. I try to stay positive as some of you, the 88 people that are subscribed to this channel know, but it's fine, whatever. Anyways, I thought Ahsoka was great. I will agree with some of the, the comments online. A lot of people said that Ahsoka seemed to be a bit more stoic in this show, um, and that's understandable because Rosario Dawson and Ashley Eckstein—Eckstein, Eckstein, however you print it, to—I apologize. Ashley voiced a young Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and Rebels, of course. And this there is a nap. Sorry. This takes place later on. It's we're looking nine Aby, I believe. Uh, Nine years after the Battle of Yavin. Sorry, this gnat's flying around. Anyways, at this point, Ahsoka's going to be a lot more older, grown, more wise kind of mentor. As we see how she's teaching Sabine and being her master and everything like that. But at the same time, everything that Ahsoka's known is kind of taken from her throughout, you know, Clone Wars, Rebels, so on and so forth. And now that she's found her family again her rebels i think that it's because we also know that the rising threat of thrawn is going on which we end up seeing was correct um it'd be weird if it weren't because we saw him and everything but with ahsoka knowing that thrawn's coming back and everything like that yeah i understand she's going to be a bit more not harsh but less joyful and calling people sky guy and all that stuff it's it's understandable and I think that people just kind of see Rosario Dawson just and just just crossing arms and I I understand that you know it's difficult as well because we know we, we, we've seen people have seen Rosario Dawson in more physical roles coming into this show which I thought because Dave Filoni seems to very much like the samurai style of fighting and we see that throughout this show almost every battle we see or lightsaber battle we see with ahsoka and the high magistrate morgan Elsbeth, they the music changes in it it's very reminiscent of music that you'd hear in samurai movies um and you just notice there's a change in the pace it's a lot more slow you focus, it's a lot more about the steps and the the focus on your opponent and what they're doing and how they're going to be operating towards you. Um, It's not going to be animated Clone Wars style. And again, a lot of people are upset about that. I get it. A lot of people don't understand that you know, the animation aspect of it. You know, I'm not gonna go into that, but animation and live action are gonna be different. Yes, they, you know, you see Anakin or Hayden Christensen in live action, him fighting with Ahsoka in episode five or four. We see them lightsaber fight. It's pretty upbeat. I shouldn't have done that, that's inappropriate, sorry. Um, (laughs) But we see that they are able to keep up with the pace. And then you see Stoic Ahsoka, as people like to call her. I think it's fine. As long as the story's there, now, granted, you're going to have people saying, well, it just doesn't fit the character and the whole show revolves around her. Yeah, but, you know, you just... If your main concern is just lightsabers, I recommend watching Clone Wars. Stick with Clone Wars. Maybe the the prequels, because, you know jedi were trained for hundreds of years continuously up until order 66 and then now which granted again ahsoka was trained in that era you have the situation where a lot of these younger people aren't as upbeat with their lightsaber training um later on we see ray kylo ren and they're a lot more slower heavier attacks whereas this is very shortly coming off of that i'd say so it's understood that it's slowing down even though ahsoka was trained back in uh, i can't even think i will i'll say 20 by but don't quote me on that back in the clone wars era it's well past that now so we got to give her some slack but we're going to move on from ahsoka we're going to talk about the other characters we have sabine super awesome super cool uh i thought that she was played brilliantly by the actress that actor that portrayed her um i thought that sabine and ezra meshed really well sabine just being the very young kind of naive padawan or youngling or however you want to say of ahsoka because i don't recall the term padawan was used but whatever um especially because there was no force use up until the last episode spoilers um but yeah i i just thought she was she was done really well obviously she's gonna still be young and careless and reckless uh as we saw whenever she went with balon and uh shin and High magistrate to go find ezra and we saw how that went they're all stuck there and thrawn has escaped so That's nuts, but we understand, and she's young, and we know it's not just gonna end with them staying on this planet, hopefully. But if they do, uh, what are you gonna do, you know? So, that's life. Uh, Let's move on, we have Hera. Hera was well done. I was a little nervous, I will be honest, because you see Hera in uh, the Rebels show, and of course, we see her in Bad Batch, but mainly Rebels and I immediately see, uh, I believe her name is Mary Winstead? I, I, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I want to say, but if not, I apologize. I saw her first in the show, within that first episode, I believe, and I see her and I'm like, this is a different looking Hera, and I knew a lot of people were gonna be kind of like, oh, but I thought she did well. Uh, Very motherly uh, to both Jason and to Sabine, Uh, had that back and forth with Chopper that we always know and love. I think, for the most part, everyone of the Rebels cast, minus, of course, why can't I think Zeb, thank you. Thank me. I think that they all did a great job at coming together and meshing the way that they did in the show uh, in Rebels. So, mainly all of them were great. Uh, Chopper, of course, the nice side relief. Just hanging out, just cursing up a storm. Classic war criminal. We love him. Um, Jason, that I don't want to say was. I mean, it wasn't a dropped like plot line, obviously, because we have so much more we're going to be learning about. But Jason obviously has the force because of Kanan, his father, and we see multiple times he has. You know, he had the bad feeling whenever um whenever the high magistrate took off in the big hyperspace ring um which was a little obvious i mean you could have said that about anything i mean like if i would have been in that situation i would have been like yeah bad feeling is going on right now um and then we see over the water of i i don't recall the planet name so i apologize um but whenever Ahsoka goes underwater or the world between worlds, I, it looks different than the animated show. So I'm just, for the sake of calling it that, I'm just going to say the world between worlds, even though it seemed more hallucinatory. But again, we'll, we'll figure that out later. Whenever Jason noticed that that was going on, it was like, yeah, this dude has the force. He's sitting there, he senses it, and she's not even there. That's pretty cool. And that just shows that we're going to have another young person leading this era time period with the Force abilities. And who's he gonna be trained by? We have no idea, um, but still so cool. It's still so awesome. It's, it's nice to see Kanan passing the torch inadvertently to his son. Hopefully we get to see some kind of connection there. Um, but yeah, so let's move on. We have Zeb, of course, we didn't get to see. So hopefully he's okay in that uh, in that bar wherever Mando's at. Or whatever. Uh, in Mando season three, they bump into him with uh, Carson Teva. Hopefully he's fine with the new resistance and everything. But if not, we'll find out soon. But we don't. I don't see that being an issue. I think that the two, Season 3 and Ahsoka, I think they're taking place at the same time. Mainly because whenever they went through on the Purgles in Ahsoka, whenever it was Hu Yang and Ahsoka, in Mando Season 3, we see Mando with Grogu in whenever they're going hyperspace. And we see Purgle outlines in the deep, deep distance of the hyperspace lane. Um, So... That's cool. So hopefully these are all like kind of meshing together. That way we have a good idea as to, oh, this is all going on at once. So maybe, maybe Mando comes and helps or, you know, a lot of people don't like them being all together because it creates too close of a world, but it's understandable. Um, So yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Then let's go to the more dark side, not dark side, but you know, the shady mercenaries. Balon Skull was incredible. I I truly, I really enjoyed his character. It is a shame that Ray Stevenson passed away. Because online, this character was one of the most adored. Anytime you go on Twitter or you see any Star Wars posting on any type of social media, it was praising him. Um He he had a deeper philosophical role in this show rather than what a lot of people were thinking just straight up mercenary killer um and we really see that in the last few episodes once they get on the planet uh where thrawn is and we see that he ends up standing in the palm of the father on the statue which if you haven't seen clone wars the father is one of the mortis gods uh that's a long explanation. Go watch Clone Wars and just find out, just Google if you don't care and you just want to find it out. Just look up Mortis gods and just go from there. But anyways, we see him and we see the son next to him. However, the head is taken off of where the daughter should be. So whatever that means, we'll we'll find out later. Um, but that's where we were left off with him. And unfortunately, his passing, it, the life is more important than the character, of course. So I, I do send my deepest condolences with to him and his family. But of course, that leaves what's gonna happen to his character. And we have plenty of time to find out later on. Um, so let's go to Shin Ha I think that she is a very, I love her. I really do love her. She's, she's just the kind of like, you know, I, I, I think you understand what I'm saying. Um, looks and beauty don't matter. I think that this character, just the character herself, I thought showed so much potential for what's to come next because she was very much along the i the ideology of all right cool i have a master we're gonna learn what's going on and we're gonna take on the world start a new empire and slowly and slowly and slowly over the series she realizes this isn't this isn't working the way it's supposed to it's kind of it's kind of unraveling more and more and she sees that balon 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 i whatever doesn't seem to be on the same track as they initially were um and she kind of got lost in a way i mean she was again of the mindset that they were going to start an empire with thrawn but within those last few episodes she realized her mastered left i don't know what this hand's doing sorry uh, for the people watching if you're on the podcast i, realized I I'm YouTube and podcasting this. My hand went wild there, so I apologize. Um, But anyways, her master goes and does his own thing. Whatever he's doing, we're still trying to figure it out. Um, High Magistrate, Rip, Thrawn, I mean, she doesn't really know, but Thrawn was totally just, see ya! Wouldn't want to be ya. And, is back in our galaxy and it's like what she she lost everything that she thought she was gonna have now she has the home with I'm going to call them the raiders but the the people with the helmets and everything like that it's it's so you have to think what is it that she's going to take up now. Because she had everything in the other galaxy. And although she was alone with her master and the High Magistrate and then Merrick, they had plans for entire domination. And then she finds out, oh, I'm alone on this planet with very few people, as far as she's aware, what to do. And it looks like she might try and lead that new group, but Also, Ahsoka is there with her, and Sabine, of course, and I feel like, because Ahsoka gave her a chance whenever she came and rescued Ezra and Sabine, she gave her a chance to join him. She didn't take it, of course, but at the same time, what if later down the line, she wants to help? She seems very hard-headed, though, because she was given choices of, we can help you, and whatever like that, and yet she seemed very discouraged from it. But then she realized everything was going against her later on down the road, uh, no mail-on-skull, and, and therefore started just kind of questioning everything going on. So she's a very interesting character. I'm really excited to see where she her path goes, of her and Sabine kind of connect on that young Padawan slash trying to figure out where you are in the world kind of aspect. Um, but yeah, very, very dope character. Uh, we'll move on to... Uh, we gotta go quicker. Uh, I'm trying to keep this under 30 minutes, but I'm, I realize I'm running behind. Uh, we'll talk about, real quick, Anakin. I know this, out of all people, you shouldn't go quick on Anakin. But his teaching of Ahsoka and the middle episodes were just so incredible for Clone Wars viewers, for prequel viewers. It was, it was incredible. I I, I truly enjoyed it. He looked amazing. He still had the moves, you know, the, the cool behind the back and the, ah, so dope, so awesome. Uh, just the banter that we didn't get to see in the actual movies. But then we saw in the Clone Wars, do you want to see that, like, the camaraderie between Ahsoka and Anakin? And we finally get to see that in a full-fledged episode. And it's, it's just such a big... You see at the end of the previous episode, and you're like, ah! But then the biggest cliffhanger for that whole week, we're just sitting there, what's going on? And that whole episode, I thought, was done very well because we see Ahsoka questioning why they have to be at war and what's the purpose and how peace could be used rather than killing and anakin of course doesn't see it like that and we see anakin's unfortunate fall with war is the only way we are gonna get things done you have to learn to protect yourself and if you don't you're dead and we see the Darth Vader transition, which blew my socks off of my body. Um, and we see them battle. Red lightsaber and everything. The Sith eyes. Just fantastic. I thought I thought that was great. Um, and then Ahsoka kind of gets it after. Whenever she wakes up, she then realizes, you know, I... I can do both, I can be peace, I can, you know, she can be peace, she can be a fighter, a warrior, but she doesn't have to be, and if she can find, if she can help train Sabine, if she can help guide the dark and try and find peace between all, then that's great. That, that would be incredible. She doesn't want to fight, she says. We, we hear young Ahsoka, what if I don't want to fight anymore? And she's just kind of just admonished. Is that a word? I don't know. By Anakin. And you can tell that kind of hits her deep. And after she wakes up, she realizes, okay, we need to get back on track, find Sabine and, you know, all the Jedi light side ideas and thought processes that go through her head. Um, Yeah, love me some Hayden Christensen, beautiful man. Um, But let's go ahead and move on. We have the High Magistrate. I thought she was very mysterious. We got a little bit of her, of course, in Mando season two. Uh, We knew that she was working with Thrawn in some capacity. We really see it come out in this show. Um, We see that she's leading these two mercenaries, of course, with Merrick. Uh, And then she had to use witch magic, you would assume, for Merrick. Because as he is killed by Ahsoka, the witch possess whatever dust inside them, whatever just goes. And that's kind of similar to what we see with other knight sister, knight sibling, whatever. We see that happen. We've seen that before in uh, the Clone Wars and many other places like that. So we see her pulling the strings, trying to be leader, trying to find Thrawn, start the new empire. But it makes me think it's interesting that she was trying to find him. And also we have, I believe his name is Paleon, which in Mando season three, and also I I believe he's from Legends, is Thrawn's right-hand man. And I wanna know if those two have any connection because in season three, part of the, uh, what was it called, the Dark Council? Uh, the Imperial Remnant groups with all the leaders that whenever Moff Gideon came back, he was talking to them through a hologram. The guy with the, the really white hair, and he was really backing Thrawn, saying his return will be incredible. I wonder if those two have any conversation or any, any coming together, if that makes sense. Because other than that, why would Morgan Elizabeth be just going to try and find Thrawn? Um, I'm sure there's, there was some kind of connection. But now we see she succeeds in her plan to get to Thrawn uh she along with the night mothers or the great mothers they use their magic to form her a sword and basically welcome her and grant her the opportunity to become one greater and serve a bigger purpose and a bigger goal in the galaxy um and she does, and she gets uh, the t- the Sword of Talzin, which if you watched Clone Wars, you'd see, I believe, season six, uh, Mace Windu battles Mother Talzin, and she creates a sword out of there um, and battles Mace Windu with it, and it repels against a lightsaber, which sets up later on, uh, whenever Ahsoka and her are battling. Which is super cool, especially I'm on my Star Wars entire timeline rewatch, reread, whatever. Um, And I had just finished watching the episode where Mace and her battle. So seeing this and it's like, that's that just, I just watched that. I thought that was really neat and it really helped me put together, oh, that's what that is. And not just a random sword and like random title connection with Mother Talzin, um, which Mother Talzin, of course, is the leader, the, of course, mother of the Night Sisters on Daphne. Oh, okay, I am, I, I realize how much I have up here, and I'm proud of myself, <laughs> um, but anyways, let's keep moving, um, I believe the last character, unless I am blanking on anyone, well, we have, uh, why can't I think of her name? Oh, Mon Mothma. I kept thinking Moth Gideon. Mon Mothma. Uh, she shortly featured in some of the episodes. Thought it was pretty cool. Um, she was of the side of okay, something is going on. We should probably take a look at this. Even though uh, I believe his, oh, I can't think of his title. I want to. I'll just say Governor Siono. Which if you. <laughs> If you watched Star Wars Resistance, the show that was on Disney XD for, I believe, two seasons, uh, Kazuto Ziono was the main character of that show. His father was, I, I believe this is the connection, the father was the governor of some planet, I can't recall, but he was the main person that was always opposing Mon Mothma and Hera during every single confrontation they had, which is a really cool connection, which if you've seen Resistance, you kind of get an idea of who the father is, which is a kind of cool, pretty cool connection, especially that was a very Dave any show. So it was a nice pull into this new Resistance timeline between the two shows, which is also later on down the line where the show Resistance takes place. Um, So I thought that was really cool. Of course, we get one of my favorite droids of all time, C-3PO, pulls up and delivers the message from Leia, and just kind of their old school antics of, oh yeah, this they're they're aware of what's going on, and then afterwards being like, yeah, kinda, you know, I just thought that was that that was just very on key for them. Um, I I just really enjoy the sub like the little subtle hints. I know. Some people will be against recasting of Leia, and that's why she didn't show up, or CGI and how that would go. Um, I understand. A lot of people feel differently about that. Um, for me, as long as it's appropriate towards Carrie Fisher and Carrie Fisher's family, and it makes sense with the story, I'd like it to look good. I really would. Um, I thought Leia from Rogue One looked insane I sat in the theater bawling my eyes out um, because she just looked just as beautiful as the first time we saw her in A New Hope um, I thought it was really good and I try not to look too deep into into you know the art of or not the art but the actual CGI of things because CGI is never gonna be perfect um, it, it's just not it just won't be Um, but I think it looked pretty dang good. I thought Luke in Mando season two, season three looked good. I thought Moff Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin looked good in Rogue One. I, I, I'm just a fan as long as it is realistic to me. Now, if I'm sitting there just, hmm, no, no, you can tell there's a little indent right here and it's just not right. Then of course you're probably going to just nitpick and find a reason not to like it. And if that's you, try and look deeper than that. Um, if you don't want to look deeper than that, then of course that's your choice as a human being. Um, however, don't let something as minimal as that ruin your experience with such an amazing franchise like this. Um, so finally, let's get to Grand Admiral Thrawn. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, man, just the first thing he says. The he He walks out. And all the what are they called the night troopers, They're just all Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn. That was insane. That was crazy. That I, I sat there and I was I was sitting there terrified of what we were going to hear from him, uh, and just every single thing he said, because Thrawn is such a cold, calcula. I I don't know if cold's the word, but he's very calculating and very knowledgeable of everything almost 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 um so just anything he said I was afraid what's he gonna do uh some people were like he's going to straight up kill Sabine I'm like no he he, he's not gonna do that he if anything he's gonna wait until obviously and I'm not trying to sit here and be like oh I know everything but he's going to use her as much as he can to accomplish whatever goal and of course, he lets her go, and is like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna draw out Ezra." And then, of course, Ahsoka comes, Huyang comes, and Thrawn's like, "Okay, well that's fine. Everything's fine. Keeping calm." And uh, along the show, it's very interesting because he he was very scary. He's I know he's gonna be most likely the next big bad for the next coming years of Star Wars material. But just seeing him nervous worries me more than anything because he's always, he always seems in control. He always seems like he knows what's going on. So whenever she, whenever Thrawn finds out that Ahsoka's master was Anakin Skywalker and you just see him just double take, he just, mm, okay, that, I was sitting there I'm like what is he gonna do now because if if okay Thrawn's strength is knowing he knows tactics and just really any strengths of any group of people or any specific person because he studies them just from art he can I I was reading uh Uh, Which was at Thrawn Chaos Rising, one of the first books in the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy that came out a few years ago. And he was, this was a prequel, it takes place during the uh, Clone Wars and timeline wise. Uh, But he went to a museum, and on the wall, you see there is a painting of some random uh, group, I can't recall. And just from that painting, he was able to tell everything about their military strategies and. How they are as a people, in terms of warfare and also just personal being, if that makes sense. Um, so his understanding is vital for anything that he tries to do. However, the one thing that he was never ever able to fully understand was the Force, uh, and that's why he really needed the Night Sisters or the Great Mothers to combat that. Uh, Whenever we see him freak out, realizing, oh crap, Anakin was Ahsoka's master, he freaks out because Anakin was very everywhere. He was unpredictable, as we know, as I believe he said. So Ahsoka is most likely going to be almost as or similarly unpredictable as Anakin, Nobody wants a crazy, what are they going to do next? Because that could just be the downfall of their entire plan. You can't plan around that because they'll just do something and Thrawn will say, oh, okay, let's do this. Boom, they, they do something else. I don't know what this was, but you know what I'm saying. So Thrawn was scared and he was he was just getting out of there. He's like, revive these night troopers, which undead stormtroopers or revived stormtroopers however you want to say it mind-blowing so whenever we see them just keep on coming keep on coming and like some of the like this there's some gruesome stuff there's a lightsaber that went through a death trooper's head um just just so many different variations of killing stormtroopers which of course cool but (laughs) i just think that he was willing to do anything, one, to get off that, off the planet, to back to his galaxy that he knew from before, but anything to evade Ahsoka. That's why every single time... He, he basically had the High Magistrate, Morgan Elizabeth, sacrifice herself in order to get him off and away and to stall Ahsoka, Sabine, Ezra. Um... I just think that it was very I mean it's Thrawn he does what he has to do to, to win to survive to succeed and he escaped and he hit Ahsoka with a <laughs> long with the Empire buddy and and now he's gone and he's back to the normal world and we'll have to see how that goes um I I totally forgot to talk about uh, Hugh Yang and Ezra. Uh, It came to mind during that. Um, Ezra, super great casting choice. I know everyone is calling him Space Jesus. Um, I thought he was great. Uh, There's some side-by-side video comparisons of him and Sabine uh, from Rebels compared to this show. And kind of that, like, the the brother-sister, like, joking, like, just, I, I thought that was super great. The odd like tension of like, do are they, are they not? Oh, they're just friends, okay, cool. Oh, they're not? Oh, wait, so there weren't a whole bunch of romantic vibes in this, which is totally fine with me. Um, there were somewhat, in my opinion, in Rebels, it seemed there were some kind of like little hints, um, but we don't necessarily need them to be in a relationship, but if they do, that's great, that's fine. As long, again, my big thing, as long as this, as this story makes sense, is good. Good for me. Uh, and good for friends. and Sabine if they do find each other like that. But if not, siblings cool. We see a lot of siblings loving each other. I'm so sorry for that. Anyways, and of course we have Hu Yang, which just just such a great job. David Tennant did a wonderful job bringing Hu Yang to life and just all the, the quirky sidekick droid banter back forward with Ahsoka or the rest of the crew and And just, like, the wisdom of past Jedis and telling all these stories from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That line just killed me. Um, I I thought it was great. I really, it was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And, of course, we have Captain Rex. Uh, Little, very little cameo, but enough to, you know, get the ship sailing. Um... So yeah, a lot of my predictions were wrong. I thought a lot more people were going to die than actually did. Um, I tell myself not to make predictions because Game of Thrones, the final season, as many of the people I guess that watch this that also watch Game of Thrones know. In the final season, a lot of people were guessing, oh, who's, who's going to die here? Who's going to die here? And I was one of those people. And I, I truly, I really enjoyed season 8 of Game of Thrones. A lot of people didn't because they made all these predictions and guesses and all that stuff. But I told myself, I said, don't do it. Don't fall into that. Because if you do, you're just going to hype something up that's not going to happen. Um, I, I think, I believe, I guess, that a lot of people are going to die in the show um, or get sacrificed. Um, I thought a few more people would show up. I really wanted, I wanted Callus to show up. But... I don't really think he has a major role. Uh, but, you know, it's fine. He might show up later on down the line, and if he does, cool. If not, whatever. Uh, Zeb, of course, I think we got a little in Mando, and that's that's totally fine. He looked great there, too. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there anyone else that I said in the last video? I can't recall, but if I can think of it before this video ends, I will totally say it. But, uh, yeah. What comes next? I I'm... I don't, I, I'm really nervous about what comes next because as we see, Thrawn pulls up and he says, yo, I'm back home, prepare for whatever. And he's just, you just know something bad's gonna happen. Ezra sneaks off that ship whenever they get back and he finds Hera and he's going to be a very valuable asset to the resistance now because, or I guess right now they're the, still, they're probably, no, not the Republic, not the Rebellion either, we'll say Resistance, um, but we just see him come back, and we know, okay, he has all this information on Thrawn, and where Sok and Sabine are, and Purgles, and all this junk, and it's like, he, he's going to be going to talk, and he's going to be going to talking, sorry, he's going to go talk to Mon Mothma, and Leia, and basically anyone that'll listen, um, they need to listen before Thrawn pulls up and does some absolutely insane nonsense. Um, We saw warlord Moff Gideon with not a small army, but a pretty sizable army uh, pull up and just destroy Bo-Katan's entire house on her home planet in Mando season three, Uh, as well as just everything in season one. That was pretty insane season two just as well, they're still a threat, and they're a pretty sizable threat, even if they are just remnants of it, of the Empire. Um, But now that Thrawn's back, that's not good. Um, But so we're gonna see where that is. Ahsoka, Sabine, uh, Shin Hati, Balon Skull, uh, they are all stuck in this other galaxy on the the planet, Um, Anakin Skywalker's Force Ghost also there, pretty cool. Uh, I don't think he's stuck, of course. Um, but it is interesting that the Force can travel there because I mean, I know the Force exists everywhere in Star Wars, but I was kind of interested to see if it's, if since it was in another galaxy, if it was going to like have like a no wifi kind of thing. Like you can't see it from there, if that makes sense. Um, but no, he showed up, so cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, resistance needs to they need to buckle up. The the Republic needs to buckle up because it's gonna start getting not good. Um next up in the new show timeline, of course, we have uh what's it called? Skeleton Crew with Jude Law and a few I, I don't know who the children are in the show. Um, but apparently it's kids lost in space. Uh, and they might have Force abilities. I haven't seen any of the trailers that were leaked online from Star Wars Celebration months and months and months ago. But I I, I would like to see some of it soon. We're probably not going to get anything until, obviously, like, I would guess at this point, especially because of the Rider Strike, the uh, SAG After Strike and everything. We probably won't see the show, sadly, until March or April next year, maybe even May, um, just because they're probably, they had plans to have multiple shows and everything come out, especially like Bad Batch and everything like that. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see uh, Skeleton Crew until later on next year, which is very sad because I was really looking forward to seeing it. People were rumoring from like a year and a half ago until the strikes that we were possibly getting it around December time but with now that they had to slow down and put everything on hold because of the strikes I think it's going to be a little bit later because they're going to have to fill some gaps um unless Bad Batch has been going which I don't know how voice acting works with the SAG after strikes and the writing if they because I know they were writing and already putting some stuff out from for Bad Batch season two or season three apologies It was already on track whenever bad batch season two was ending so we'll just have to see how that goes Um, especially because it's the last season that's gonna be a big deal as well so they're probably putting everything they've got into it um so yeah we have skeleton crew we have bad batch season three um i we have the movies but those aren't those haven't even been touched yet i'm sure Um, i know the scripts were in or we're about to be in for one of the movies. I believe it's the, oh, Junk, I can't think of it. If it's the 15 years after Rise of Skywalker or if it was Dave Filoni's movie. But either way, one of the scripts were about done apparently, but then the strike happened. So they were like, well, can't finish that. Um, Mando season four was already in development, but again, without actors and everything, we have no idea. Um, So yeah, it... There's a whole bunch of stuff outside of the screen that is going on that we won't know about for who knows how long. Um, And recently seeing how some of the Marvel stuff on uh, Disney Plus, um, apparently a lot of the writers from certain shows, I think Daredevil, uh, they got released because the shows weren't performing as well as Disney had hoped um so they're recasting uh not recasting but getting a new group together and focusing more on developing like closer knit stories but also like making it like uh how do i say this more more of a controlled series that also like connects with other projects because some projects kind of were made without paying attention to other projects and those whole thing and i guess the storylines weren't again what like Kevin Feige, and people were like that thinking, but Marvel. So we'll see how Star Wars goes. Um, Hopefully it's nothing crazy, but you never know what Disney plus, Disney plus, excuse me, my tongue is bad. Um, But yeah, so that's the end of this segment part, whatever. Um, So yeah, we are going to take a quick break. Sorry, we're gonna take a quick break Uh, And we will be back with Star Wars in the news, uh, Star Wars this week, and in Star Wars history. So be back in a second. And we're back. So before we finish this episode, I really wanted to talk about Star Wars dropping this week uh, and what we have to expect. So we have uh, October 10th. uh, We have the novel Crimson Climb coming out. It's going to be about... Why can't I think of her name? Uh, Kira. (laughs) It's going to be about Kira from Star Wars, a solo, or solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, And it's going to take place around, I believe it said, I think it's around the time that the movies split, if that makes sense. So the beginning, whenever Han and Kira split up or get separated, I think... It takes place between that and whenever they bump into each other again. Um, which is why it's called Crimson Climb. Climbing the Crimson Dawn staircase, if you will. Um, which I am super excited for. I really loved the Star, War- or the Star Wars. The solo Star Wars movie. Um, again, I know a lot of people didn't. And that's your own opinion, and that's fine. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. It opened up a whole bunch of doors that. Unfortunately, I haven't been as, you know, fulfilled as I and a lot of people would like, but we're, we're finally getting something. Um, I know Kira shows up, uh, spoiler alert, let me just say that real quick. If you haven't read comics, uh, apparently Kira shows up later on down the line. I haven't gotten to him yet. Again, I'm very early, before even episode three, and this takes place after Empire Strikes Back. Uh Kira does show up and uh yeah, so she's she's been one of the biggest things that have, has come from solo. Um and now she's getting a novel about her. That's really exciting. I love Amelia Clark. She's great. Um, of course, Game of Thrones fan and I am a Marvel fan and she was just in Secret Invasion, which again, a lot of people didn't necessarily like but uh, you know that's you and I different it's fine um but yeah so it's going to be very interesting to see where that plot line goes uh next we have a High Republic Jedi brave in every way young reader book um you might not be a young reader or a children's book enthusiast um but yeah anything High Republic and you have little Yoda on it with a bunch of different smiley, different colored characters. You can't go wrong there. Uh, We also, on October 11th, which is a Wednesday, we have two comics coming out. We have The Mandalorian season two, number five, uh, which is chapter 13, The Jedi, uh, which if you recall, of course, ironically enough, is the episode where we first meet live action Ahsoka Tano. Um, so I'm going to make sure to go grab that one, as well as the comic series line of Dark Droids 3. Um, so I haven't started that run. Again, I haven't gotten up to that point in time yet. However, I've been seeing the covers of the uh, the first two and basically every one that has been in this Dark Droids timeline era within the comics, and it doesn't look it looks kind of creepy. It's very scary, especially it's October right now. So it's a, it's a good time to have like dark, scary, you know, um vibes. If you <laughs> um but yeah. So that looks kind of creepy. I'm going to have to pick it up. Um yeah. Fun stuff coming up. I'm really excited. So yeah, that's been Star Wars this week and uh I had plans to do another segment or two. Um however, I have a soccer game I have to go I know it's a really bad excuse, but I wanna try and get this edited and up as fast as I can. Uh, And I have school starting up soon and I have to go in literally about five minutes. So I'm gonna cut this short. Uh, Hopefully next time I will be not as negligent as I am with this episode. Um, So yeah. (laughs) So for the final part of this episode, I wanted to ask a Star Wars question of the day. And today's question is, What is your favorite Star Wars slang? Mine would have to be Moof Milker. Uh, (laughs) It's ridiculous, but I think that out of all things said in Star Wars, whether it be Dank Farrick or uh, just uh, Utini or something like that, I think that Moof Milker has a lot of kick and you know, just enough sass to not be like too hatred filled, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what we're going with. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's been the episode for today. I really hope you enjoyed watching, listening, whatever you've been doing. If you don't care, if you could give me a like on the video that you're watching right now, uh, or if you're on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your fine podcasts, if you'd leave me a review or a rating, let me know how I did on this episode. Uh, if I did poorly, please, please let me know because I do want to improve. Um, But if i did well then just let me know and i appreciate it um yeah if you want to leave a like if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast that would be super awesome i really appreciate it uh i want to try and do this every week i don't know if i'll be able to do that it's fine if i don't and if i do then go me right but yeah so i'm gonna go before this gets even more cringy so this has been your boy jonathan steelflex And you have been watching Star Wars with Steel Flex or listening. Thanks for watching or listening. Goodbye. (laughs)